Welcome to CII's podcast, The Voice of Corporate Governance. While this podcast is open to the public, the majority of our work is only accessible to current CII member organizations. If you would like information on becoming a member of CII, please visit our website at cii.org or contact our Director of Membership, Melissa Fader, with her email, melissa at cii.org. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone. This is a Council of Institutional Investors educational podcast. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of CII. I'm here today with Professor Ethan Ruan. Professor Ruan is an assistant professor of business administration and the faculty co-chair of the Impact Weighted Accounts Project at Harvard Business School. Welcome, Professor. Thanks for speaking with us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Jeff. It's a total treat. Professor, as I indicated in your introduction, you're the faculty co-chair of the Impact Weighted Accounts Project at the Harvard Business School. So what are impact weighted accounts? And can you can you give some background and an overview of the project? Sure. Uh, so impact weighted accounts are, are the accountants way of trying to save the world. We think of it as trying to take into account the impact that firms have on their customers, their employees, and the environment, and working that into the financial system to make it uh, communicatable to investors and comparable across firms and time. And so part of the reason we started the Impact Weighted Accounts Project was because we as accountants were interested in measuring impact, and yet the commercial attempts to do so were largely a black box. We have various commercial data providers that are rating companies based on various impacts, but it's difficult to identify how they're rating companies. And perhaps unsurprisingly, we also see contradictions among different raters in terms of which firms are good and which firms are bad. This is in part due to the black box, black box methodology, but it's also in part due to the fact that firms have a lot of leeway in what they disclose in terms of their impact on society, the environment, and employees. And so we started this project uh, more than three years ago uh, with the big overarching goal of putting impact-weighted accounts on the financial statements, basically attaching a dollar value to the impacts that companies have and working it through the income statements and the balance sheet. So, Professor, your materials describing the impact-weighted accounts project states that asset owners could use impact-weighted accounts as a monitoring and manager selection tool to ensure that their allocations are aligned with impact. So can you provide us with some more details on how asset owners can benefit from the project? Uh, of course. So we're, we're actually working with several um, asset owners in various capacities right now. So we are working with BlackRock. We're working with private equity firms um, who are implementing impact-weighted accounts into their decision-making tools. And there's two ways that we really think about how they use it. First, as you said, it's the monitoring tool. This can be a negative screening tool. It could also be a way to identify how to balance their portfolios. You know, If we think about something like environmental impact, in the airline industry, every single company has a pretty large and negative environmental impact. They all face significant risk were emissions to be regulated in some kind of meaningful way. But the uh, asset owners can think about which of these are the best to invest in. They can think about, you know, we need to hold in our portfolio airlines, which are the ones that face the least 
risk on uh, to environmental regulation? And more importantly, which are the ones that are thinking the most about how to mitigate their impact on the environment? Um, so again, it can be used as a selection tool, but it can also be used as a managerial decision-making tool. And this is what we see in our private with our private equity partners. They're actually going in and they get great rich data from inside the companies that they own. And they use it to guide these companies within, the, within their portfolio. They can use best practices from one and easily implement it in another. But they do this, but the, the reason that this is easy is because, or easier, I should say, is because they're able to actually say, look, we have this one company that's doing X and they have huge positive impact as measured in dollar terms. We can directly compare it to you because you're also doing it in dollar terms, but you see that you're really lagging behind. And so let's identify ways that we can improve our impact. So, Professor, I understand the impact weighted accounts project assessed the environmental damages produced by 1,700 companies. So why did the project perform that assessment and what were your findings? This was the uh, ultimate uh, kicking the tires exercise for us because you know we we have three pillars within impact weighted accounts. We look at environment, employees and product and we measure impact across all three of these dimensions. Uh, product is by far the most challenging on a large scale in part because every company has a very idiosyncratic product and it's difficult to scale that up. Um, when we're talking about public companies relying on publicly available data, which is what we do in this in this uh, assessment on the environmental side. And so here, you know, there is a robust literature on the cost of environmental impact, and the data are actually readily available. For all 1,700 of these companies, we could identify their emissions, their uh, resource consumption. And so, you know, if we couldn't do it on the environmental side for a large scale analysis, we didn't think we'd be able to do it at all. But we were able to successfully execute here. We collected all these data and were able to create a data set measuring impact uh, in dollar terms for 1,700 publicly traded companies. And we found that we did some association tests. So we find that these companies, companies that have a less environmental impact, so they're better for the environment, are also, they also have higher valuations, less volatility, and higher stock returns. And you know, we think of this as the first step, though, in many ways. First, we are in a way re reinventing the wheel. So we are hoping to get feedback to further refine our methodology. But we're also academics, and we want to share that we are sharing these data with others in our field that can actually implement it in ways that we haven't thought of yet. And again, the, we're hoping to create this positive feedback loop where we share our data, we find more interesting results, but we also find ways in which we can improve our data. And that's done through this you know, collaborative academic exercise. In addition, um, we also, you know, that was step one. We recently, we're actually planning on releasing soon a, an employment paper that does something similar. So we relied on, uh, we worked with a data provider named Revelio that has great detailed um, labor flow data. And we were able to measure employment impact for more than 2,000 companies, um, 2,000 US-based publicly traded companies. And again, we find results with these data that are um, that you know show promise for our methodology. We find the companies that have more positive employment impact also have lower turnover and higher valuations. And again, the same goal. We're, we're hoping to share this with researchers who are interested in these data to further our work and also help us refine our methodologies. Professor, as you know, U.S. Securities and Exchange Chair Gary Gensler has stated that the SEC will soon propose a rule 
to require climate-related disclosures in public company filings. Given all the work that the Impact Weighted Accounts Project has done in evaluating companies' environmental impact, can you provide us with an outline of your preferred SEC climate-related disclosure requirements and an outline of the economic analysis supporting your preferred disclosures? So first off, uh, I, you know, I, I am so enthusiastic about the SEC's enthusiasm for disclosures related to environmental impact and human capital risk. Um, and you know, if you had asked me two years ago when we would see these kind of disclosures, my guess would have been between 10 years and never. But now it seems like it's actually really on the horizon, which is very exciting for us. Um, you know, as I as I stated earlier, our ultimate goal is to see firms disclose on their on their the face of their financial statements, the dollar values of these impacts. But we realize that that's a long ways away. And what we're hoping that the SEC will initially require firms to disclose is actual quantitative information about the uh, emissions that companies are putting out, the resources that they're consuming, and where the, where these activities are going on. Because the, the prices and the value and the risks that companies face will vary greatly depending on where they're actually doing their operations. And you know, we think of the in terms of the economic analysis supporting these preferred disclosures, you know, first off, from a managerial decision-making perspective, it's really important for managers and investors to know not just what kind of activities are going on for companies, but where it's happening. You know, if you're a company, if you're an auto manufacturer with a plant in Arizona, you face huge risks in terms of water risks. Whereas if you're, you know, in a northern state that's very rich in water, it's a much different story. Um, but as I said in our, in our paper, that we we show that these that firms that are better at mitigating these risks also have higher valuations and lower volatility, which totally makes sense. There's so much uncertainty about what environmental impact is going to, how that's going to affect firms and investors. We know that climate change is going to have dramatic impacts on our lives, but we don't know how and when that's going to be reflected in prices, be reflected in the economy, and be reflect, reflected in operating decisions. And so by disclosing this, we can start to get an understanding of how this risk is showing up right now, how managers are trying to address these risks, and what's going to happen in the future. That concludes our podcast episode. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to thank Professor Ethan Ruan, Assistant Professor of Business Administration and Faculty Co-Chair of the Impact Weighted Accounts Project at Harvard Business School. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free to contact me at jeff, J-E-F-F, -F, at C-I-I dot Until next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.